Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in once again to Gamecock Central Radio. Everybody, Emerson Phillips joined by Gamecock Central columnist Scott Davis. Scott, good to be with you this morning, man. How you feeling? Rough weekend, I know. Have you recovered? I am getting back to the rest of recovery. Um, as I've gotten older, it's getting a little bit better. I mean, losses like this used to last for days for me. It was almost like having a hangover that wouldn't go away, but... You know, as I've gotten older, I just realized this is kind of something that's going to happen to you as a South Carolina fan from time to time. You're just going to have some really, really disappointing weekends out there. And usually by Sunday morning, uh, the blood's starting to flow again. <laughs> Signs of life are coming back to me. So I'm making it, but that was a disappointing evening for South Carolina. It's hard to stress, really, how excited this fan base was. As I said in my column this week, the fans it just felt like they needed this badly, almost like they craved it like a drug. And and I just really felt like South Carolina was going to come out and make a strong statement that this program was on the rise. And I think most of America felt that way, too. There were only a handful of national uh, analysts who predicted Kentucky would win this game, and they were kind of scoffed at, to be honest with you. And South Carolina came out and just laid a monumental egg in every way, shape, and form. And I think it was disappointing, and the disappointment really does seem to be resonating throughout Gamecock Nation. Scott Davis is a Gamecock alum. He lives in Atlanta. He writes a column each week here on GamecockCentral.com, and he brings us a fan's perspective. And the headline this week is Black Hole. Scott, you went against your better judgment and wore black on Saturday. Even though you didn't go to the game, you watched it home, but you, you put the black shirt on like you were – Encouraged to do. Yeah, sure did. And, you know, a lot of fans made fun of the blackout beforehand, and uh, I understood why. It seems like when South Carolina's tried to do things like this, it just backfired and, and done so in monumental fashion. But I I was um, really riding a wave of belief after those first two games. And so when, even though the blackout had actually been called for before the season started, I felt like those first two games kind of confirmed the approach, you know, let's really rally and make this first home game of the year, plant a flag and show America that this Will Muschamp regime is, is going to take this thing forward and, and move South Carolina into the future. And I think that was the idea. Unfortunately, when you do things like that, you got to produce. And South Carolina didn't do it. Um, I think there were a lot of new amenities to the fan experience that were, you know, hyped to the nth degree as well, and a lot of mixed returns on those as well from fans. So the problem with hyping an event like this is that you have to come through, and really just in every way, South Carolina just didn't do it on Saturday night, and I think that's why there's a lot of, uh, demoralized fans out there. The Gamecocks had a blackout back in 2001. The Florida Gators, coached by Steve Spurrier at that time, came in and beat the Gamecocks 54-17. 
the winner of that game would head to Atlanta to play for the SEC championship. And after a few years later, Spurrier became the head coach at South Carolina, and he talked about that blackout game. And he kind of made fun of it. We talked about this last week, and we just haven't listened and learned from Steve Spurrier, have we, Scott? Gimmicks don't mm-hmm. win football games. He told us this. Yeah, he um, Spurrier's approach was really the, the direct opposite of this. He did not like hyping any one program or any one game or any one week, you know, more than the others. His was let's take care of business each week and get the job done against uh, Wofford just as much as we'll try to do against Tennessee and Florida and Georgia. And you can argue that maybe that's why he was successful. I think when South Carolina, again, in the past has tried to take this approach, uh, almost an all or nothing, all of our chips are on the table, type approach it's just really backfired and obviously the fact that you know the athletic administration planned this blackout and this big coming out party for the new williams Bryce stadium experience that's not why south carolina lost this football game and that's not what i'm saying i think a few readers of the column felt that i was somehow suggesting that because we did a blackout that's the reason we lost the football game it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you hype something this hard, if you don't produce, it's it's pretty embarrassing for the program. And uh, Georgia did this several years back against Alabama. They also had a blackout. You know, Georgia black is not a primary color scheme for them. It's a kind of a secondary color, unlike with us. And for them to have done a blackout was really making a statement. And they got out there and were down 30 nothing at halftime. And their fans were just as embarrassed by the whole thing as ours are this week. So it's not like other programs have not done this. But the problem, again, is when you do it, if you don't produce, it looks extremely silly. Yeah, that Georgia-Bama blackout game several years ago, there was a video released online of an Alabama assistant coach at practice a few days before the game the Bama players were warming up and the coaches were walking around kind of uh, encouraging players getting ready for practice that day. And the Bama assistant said they're all wearing black because they're going to a funeral. And I never <laughs> forgot that, Scott. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Scott Davis here. Scott's new column is up. The headline is Black Hole. We hope you'll check it out. And we also hope you'll download the Gamecock Central Radio app. We've got this new phone app that allows you to listen to our podcast on your cell phone or mobile device. It's a free app. It's on the App Store and it's on Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast. Search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. Scott, Debo Samuel, large pepperoni pizza game balls of the week, a feature of your column every week, and not many of those to go around this week, but plenty of deflated balls. Yeah, first of all, let's start with how disappointing it is with Debo Samuel's injury. You know, who knows when or if he's going to come back this season. Even if he does, it's just hard for me to imagine that he's going to be healthy enough to produce in the way that he has thus far this season. And that's such a disappointment for him. You know, a guy who was doing everything that he could possibly do, one, to help his football team win, and two, to set himself up for and his family up for, you know, a tremendous future in the NFL. And uh, who knows how that will be affected. So for fans like us, it's disappointing to lose to Kentucky for the fourth straight year. It's disappointing to wear a black shirt and at the end of the game feel like it was off or not. But 
for a player like that and for his family, this is just crushing. So starting off with his injury, it just made what was already a dark evening that much more dark. And so my thoughts are with him. I hope he gets back as soon as he can. Brian Edwards played well in his absence. But South Carolina, you know, has we've heard over and over again throughout the preseason that they have lots of weapons at the receiver position. So if that's true, it's time for those weapons to make themselves known because Debo Samuel is going to be either gone for the rest of 2017 or gone for most of it. So we need to see somebody step to the forefront, and hopefully that will happen. Deflated balls, gosh, where to start? <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the entire evening was a deflated ball pretty much, but South Carolina's running game in particular right now is a real area of concern. I think, you know, we've been saying since week one, watching that NC State game, that the block, the run blocking did not seem to be something that you could hang your hat on and depend on for South Carolina this year. That was the case once again on Saturday night, but the running backs, you know, I think they share some responsibility for that as well. You could even say the play calling was not particularly imaginative at times, but the bottom line is right now, if South Carolina faces a third and one or a fourth and one, there's just very little reason to believe that they're going to pick it up, and that's a real problem. Scott, you gave Mark Stoops, the Kentucky head coach, a game ball. He is now 4-1 and one against South Carolina, but 6-23 and 23 against the rest of the Southeastern Conference. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is, Emerson. And I, I've heard a lot of South Carolina fans have been trying to uh, make some kind of positive out of this by saying, hey, Kentucky's a program on the rise, you know, Listen, Kentucky's better than they were in, you know, the worst days of the 2000s or whenever, you know, really the last 20 or 30 years. They've not been a very good football team, and I get that. And they're, they're better than that. They're certainly capable of beating other SEC teams. But this, this is not a great football team that South Carolina was playing. They struggled to beat Southern Miss earlier this season, struggled to beat Eastern Kentucky, uh, a smaller school in their home state the week before they played South Carolina, and then came to williams Price Stadium and did what they've been doing for the last several years, which was run the football at will, um, eat up clock, down, and make enough defensive stops to win the football game. And Mark Stoops has now won almost half of his career SEC wins have come against South Carolina. There's just no way to spin that. That's that's a travesty for South Carolina. I'm sorry, but but I, Kentucky is is not a standard bearer for football in the Southeastern Conference or the SEC East. They've never appeared in the SEC title game, so there's just no excuse to losing to that program for four years in a row if you have any designs whatsoever on being a power in the SEC. So. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to Mark Stoops. He he has no one else's number in the SEC, but he does have ours. Four straight wins for Kentucky over South Carolina now. Bit of a head-scratcher for a lot of folks in Garnet and Black. Scott, the Gamecocks had their chances in this ball game, but, you know, short yardage nightmares, third down horrors. You detailed both in your column this week. Yeah, I don't know what's going on on third down. South Carolina cannot make a stop. 
to save their lives right now. They play pretty well the first two down. Even when it's, you know, not necessarily third and two or third and three, but, but third and twelves, you know, third and nines, those are getting converted with ease right now. And on the flip side, they uh, just did not pick up any third downs the other night. There were quite a few three and outs when the Gamecock offense really, really needed to make something happen. And the Gamecocks kind of seem to have settled into predictable patterns uh, on offense. If they came out and threw the football on first down and didn't succeed in completing a pass, pretty much everybody in the stadium knew they were going to run on the next down, and that's almost always what they did. And at that point, you know, you're facing a third and long, and they just weren't converting those third downs. So, you know, there are dozens of areas you can point to as reasons they lost this football game, but that's definitely one of them. Gamecocks are 2-1 and one on the year now, getting ready for Louisiana Tech. Coming up this Saturday, Skip Holtz will make his return to Williams-Brice Stadium. Scott, the loss to Kentucky was problematic enough. You know, a real blown opportunity for Gamecock football, a chance to move to 2-0 and in the SEC and pick up its second win of the season over an Eastern Division opponent. A lot of big recruits in the house, you know, a lot of prospects visiting South Carolina for this game on Saturday night, and the football team just simply did not deliver. So... Uh, as if that were not enough, Scott, um, you know, the injury situation compounds problems. And I was talking with somebody the other night, you know, Lattimore was injured, lost for the season in 2011 and again in 2012. Sky Moore missed all of last year. And now Debo Samuel is out for the foreseeable future, if not for the entire season. So for whatever reason, the Gamecocks have just been snake bitten by injuries in recent years. And that, that makes it even harder, I think, for fans to deal with. It's one thing to lose a ball game. But uh, Tommy Moody on 107.5 The Game this week said that, you know, it's a real problem when an injury or several injuries occur and you're impacted next week and the week after and the week after. And that's the situation the Gamecocks are in right now, again this year. Yeah, you know, the injury thing, and I've talked to, to friends of mine this week about that too. Look, football is a violent sport. Every team undergoes injuries. We all know that. But it does seem like that, that South Carolina in recent years has just, suffered its very best players being injured and I'm not talking about a sore hamstring that keeps somebody out for a week or two I'm talking about either the entire season or most of the season and so I mean imagine you know if for some reason you're a Clemson fan listening to this podcast if in successive years you know you'd seen CJ Spiller and um, you know, James Davis and then uh, Deshaun Watson lost for the season. I mean, that it just that's what South Carolina is is undergoing. And when you're already down about whether this program is, you know, the trajectory is heading upward or sideways or down, and you don't know, seeing things like that happen make you scratch your head and kind of wonder <laughs> what what we're doing this for. So. It is hard to stay positive at times like this, but that's all you can do. And as I mentioned at the end of the column, I think most fans, if they're being honest with themselves, there are a few just relentlessly positive fans that I encounter from time to time who never want to hear me say anything that is not completely upbeat and that everything's going to be okay and everything always has been okay, And even though that's not true. And 
Um, I'm just not going to do that for you. I'm going to always be honest about what's happening and what I see out there. And with the combination of everything that happened, you know, the blackout, the height, the, as you mentioned, you know, biggest recruiting weekend in the history of South Carolina football, you know, the new Williams-Brice Stadium experience, all of that happening, you flop on the field and you lose your best player and your only elite player, um, potentially for the season. I don't know how you don't, <laughs> how you're not feeling a little bummed out about that. But the one good thing about South Carolina fans is that they are resilient. We've been here before. We've done it all. We've seen it all. Um, we've gone winless in the season and we still filled the stadium up. And I know that they'll come back, and I will too. But right now it's okay to admit that you're hurting a little bit. As dejected as a lot of Gamecock fans are after this loss to Kentucky, the reality of the situation is that the Gamecocks could conceivably still run the table in the SEC and get to Atlanta. But uh, the injuries are really demoralizing, Scott, and you have to wonder you know, if the Gamecocks are going to have any hope of doing that without Debo Samuel and Zach Bailey was hurt this week, and there were a couple of other injuries as well. So, you know, got to keep plugging. The season does not wait, and Louisiana Tech will come in here ready to play on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, and these seasons are long. They Unexpected twists and turns can happen. You know, South Carolina and Steve Spurrier's first season had some very ugly uh, losses rather early, went to Auburn and just got completely run out of the stadium. And then, surprisingly, went on a, a run of wins at the end of the season that included wins over Tennessee and Florida and ended up going to a bowl game. So you can't just decide, you know, after week three that the season's over and that uh, there's nothing left to play for because that's not true. And sometimes you'll see teams take a loss like this and really rally the troops and, um, you know, come back strong. See it every year, actually, with somebody. And hopefully this year it'll be South Carolina. But, you know, as we sit here right now, it's hard to imagine that the Gamecocks are going to turn this into uh, an unexpected run to glory, but that's why we watch the game, and that's why you play 12 games instead of three, and that's why we'll all be watching this weekend when they take on the Louisiana Tech. Yep, Ortre Smith looked pretty good for the Gamecocks at wideout after Debo went down, so maybe Ortre will be able to pick up some of the slack, but really hurts having uh, your best player, one of the hottest players in college football, uh, out for South Carolina. So we'll turn our attention now to Louisiana Tech. Scott, good column this week. Black Hole is up on GamecockCentral.com. That's Scott's new column. We appreciate you, Scott. Thanks very much. Thanks very much to you, Emerson. Talk to you next week. All right, that's my man Scott Davis, and I'm Emerson Phillips. We'll come back here on Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for being with us. Mm-hmm.